Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Mr. Davis. I'm joined by Mr. Corporate Chopper. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. I, t- I think you watched Quizzlemania last night. Have you seen I this actually... Mr. WrestleTalk guy? No, actually. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've seen I've seen the uh, the picture of him and stuff. Like he's in the thumbnail for Quizzlemania now. I might need to speak to you about that at some point because I just feel like there's a bit of a, I don't know, miscommunication or something Great there. Guy. But, Great guy. Yeah, mm. yeah right. what a right. find. What a find. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I've known him forever. Mm. Yeah, funny that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk about it more later. Uh, he'll be, we he'll be on next week's podcasts. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be doing... Raw and AEW so to... going forward in, from now on. In, in, instead of me. Well, yeah, I thought you're a busy guy. You know, you've mm-hmm. got to chop, 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 chop all that, all those thumbnails and indoctrinate yeah, yeah, more yeah. people to the old authority. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess that's okay. Uh, let's let's talk awesome. about a... let's 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 get into it. Uh, well, we're going to be talking about the uh, debut of Miro, aka Rusev, or formerly known as Rusev from WWE. Here's the show. where the big news coming out of it is that Kip Sabian, who said on All Out that he's going to unveil his best man for his wedding to Penelope Ford on Wednesday's Dynamite, he came out, he brought out a few people, brought out like a sort of joke guy called Ruff, I think his name Puff? was. Huff? Puff? 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 Something like that. He came out and then uh, Brian Pillman Jr. came out and Kip was like, whoa, I said no. I said you're the best, comma, man. You're not the best, man. I, I don't like you. So that was funny. Uh, it, was, it was good comedy stuff. Kip Sabian's really good. But then he said, no, here's the best man, 
And who should walk out of the bloody baby face entrance? I think it was the baby face entrance. But Miro, yeah. Twitch's own Miro, also kind of known for his uh, time in WWE. So, weird storyline to debut in. A strange, I guess not a strange time because it's post all out. This whole episode, this whole next couple of months is like, the new season of AEW. Here's a few new characters. Here's a few new directions for people, new feuds, new storylines. And this is one of them. It's Rusev coming over to AEW in what seems to be a lower mid-card story. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange debut. Uh, but I, I I really enjoyed seeing him for starters. Just he, like you mentioned in your edited review, he's got such an infectious personality. And him coming out, he was beaming from ear to ear. People started chanting Miro Day, and he was like egging him on doing it. I was like, man, it's just really good to see you. Um, Rusev was one of my favorite wrestlers in WWE. I loved him so much. I thought he was so underused. And I was always one of the guys being like, please push Rusev. He's really great. So seeing Miro now in AEW, I really hope he gets something good. The best man seems to be his name in AEW. He is the best man of Miro. That's not just like, he's not just Kip Sabian's best man. Cause like the best man was on like the Titan Tron and things like that, which I think is an okay wrestling nickname. That's okay. The best man Miro. That's fine. Debuting him as an actual best man, though, to Kip Sabian, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like it's it's not retreading of old ground because I don't think they're going to do the Lana wedding again somehow. I think they were openly poking fun at that sort of angle. I don't think they're going to replicate those those sort of mistakes. But I do wonder where it's going to be going with him doing that because Kip Sabian, as much as I love him, he's not been presented all that well uh, on Dynamite. And him being the best man to him feels a bit lower than he should be. And as someone who's been brought in to be like, F-U-W-W-E, I'm now in the better wrestling company. I'm going to be treated properly and all that stuff. And for him to debut as this kind of mid to lower mid card act feels a bit of more samey position of where he was in WWE, which feels a bit off. Yeah, I, I agree. I think overall, the big thing to take away, folks, and us, this, this, these are our feelings. I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for you as well, Chops. And that's, we're so happy that Rusev, Miro now, going to have to get used to that, is back into wrestling. He said mm -hmm. just last month that he's retired. He's just going to focus on being a content creator on YouTube and Twitch now, which was, I kind of believed him because he didn't show up at Slammiversary, he didn't show up at All Out in the Casino Battle Royale, maybe he's quite content to just sit back and play his video games because he seems to be very good at that and enjoying it a lot. And, you know, it's a new outlet for his, for his creativity. So I was <clears throat> I'm really, really happy that Miro is in AEW. And as soon as he walked out there, like you said, you can't unlike the guy. It, I, it's crazy to think that he used to be this Russian, Bulga sorry, Bulgarian brute monster character. You know, before he started cracking the smile and doing all the little funny jokes, he was this kind of, not generic because he did it really well, but a foreign heel. That that was his role. But he's actually so much more than that. Uh, I'm not sure how the, the sort of bleached head, short hair cropped on top, uh, mm. the look that is. But it was so nice to see him and it was like an instant connection. I'm into him as a babyface. But yeah, I, it is it is weird that they've debuted him in this way. My only thought, 
is that it's it's going to be something that resolves itself quite quickly. You know, this is like Rusev's introductory story. He'll turn on Kip Sabian in a babyface manner a few weeks in and then go on to something else. It's, it's odd because there were so many creative things you could do for when Miro eventually turns up somewhere. We were sort of fantasy booking last week that you'd hear the... <clears throat> And you bring him in with Aiden English. I know that is retreading old stuff, but they were a hugely popular act. That there are of all the things to retread from WWE, I would not be against that pairing. Um, but yeah, this this definitely felt more on the Matt Cardona scale of defections than the Brody Lee side, which got video packages, a months-long storyline, his own faction. This is essentially playing second fiddle to an undercard guy. That, but that might be the point. It might be a Diesel scenario or a Drew McIntyre scenario to use a more <laughs> up-to-date Dogs of War reference. Yeah, and hopefully it doesn't take quite as long as Drew McIntyre with <laughs> Dogs of War and all that mm. stuff, because that was about two years uh, being kind of second fiddle to someone else before he came out on top. So hopefully Miro can just kind of shed... Not that Kip Sabian's bad by any means, but I do feel like him debuting in this way he should be treated as a proper threat a proper guy to go there and not just like a comedy act although i'm sure he would be great at comedy uh i d i think he's probably going to be more inclined to be a bit more of a serious wrestler especially because he came out and he cut a quite a serious line towards wwe saying you can take that brass ring and you can shove it up your ass um as him just saying screw you i'm in a better wrestling company now my name's miro i'm all elite so it's, it seems like he's he's taking it seriously he's not just there to mess around the whole time and be handsome uh he's so handsome yes. um but uh yeah i i'm quietly hopefully hopefully optimistic god my brain i'm quietly <laughs> quietly optimistic uh that this will just be a short time thing he'll kind of shed the shed the weight of Kip Sabian. That sounds really mean to Kip Sabian, and I don't mean it to be, but then he can go on to bigger and better things because I don't. I think, yeah, this is quite a low to mid-card story, and I don't want him to be hanging around to, there for too long. But hey, trust in AEW at the same time. That, that There is definitely a reality where a Miro, Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford faction is amazing. Totally, yeah. Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford are fantastic Miro is fantastic maybe this is just like an odd couple group that we never knew we wanted they're all talented yeah. creative people I'm sure they can get themselves over I mean just like Aiden English and Rusev that was a pairing that they just put together and just worked whoa I didn't even I my mind was so hung up on the wedding parallels with WWE mm -hmm. I didn't actually see the other parallel of Rusev Miro is now the Aiden English here <laughs> to yeah. Kip Fabian and Penelope Ford's marriage. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? And you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist this is a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Let's do some Patreon shout-outs before we get on with your super chats. Remember, get in all your super chats before the end of the show. We will read out each and every one of them. But for now, when I can eventually find them, let's do our AEW Dynamite shout-outs for pledge hammers of $25 a month or more. Fluid. Thank you. The incredible Tarzo. Yes. Woo! Thank you very much. Golden Nick Holden. Woo! Thank you very much. Yes. Sorry. You get me to tap the gold. Paul Bearer Maslin. Woo! Thank you very much. The man who wears the gold, the man recognized by uh, by SWAF Nation International as the 24-7 champion, our legend. Woo! Thank you. The old codger dodger Roger. The old codger dodgy Roger. There we go. Wait, thank you. 
Intense Frank Campos. Woo. Thank Frank, thank you. the redneck Dennis Hicks. Woo. Thank you very much. Michael Plowman, that's his name. That name again, Michael Plowman. Woo. You're featured on the podcast today. I, I sing a song mm. of his. The power couple, Stephen and Giovanna. Thank you so much, Stephen and Giovanna. Much. Pick him up, Loot Sponge. Woo. Yes. Thank you. Uh, my Immortal is my favorite song, Mashy. Woo. Thank you very much. And finally for today, dot, 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 dive. Dylan Cushetta. Woo! Thank you very, very much. much, everyone, for your continued support. We appreciate it so much. Let's see what you guys think, because I'm keen to get other people's takes on it because obviously everyone's been very positive online that's been the overwhelming thing but i just want to get into if people actually thought this was a good debut uh instead of like oh yeah it's Ru it's rusev um gorilla press good day corporate chopper mr davis a quick note before you get into everything miro's debut was botched mm, a cheap shot for a cheap pop he deserves better I've seen people say that. A lot of people have been like, all the WWE guys that are coming in, they all say the same thing. I'm so glad to be out of WWE and WWE sucks and now I'm in AEW. And yeah, I can see that. I'm hoping that Miro doesn't do that too much. I'm hoping that this is just like, right, I'm here. Screw WWE. I'm AEW now. Let's go AEW from here. And it's not like a continual thing. I feel like Brody Lee might have overstepped the mark with all of his Vince McMahon jabs that he did all the time, maybe. I don't know, but we'll see. Mafia homages, I think he means. Mafia. Yes. I mean, he did admit last week that he was taking jabs at Vince McMahon. So, how dare he, Mister Mc yeah. Mister McMahon's a visionary. The mm. it's an interesting one because for us, we've now seen this narrative and shoot WWE promo play out multiple times. But for the wrestlers who've actually been there and endured that creatively stifling atmosphere for years and years and years. This is their out. This is like their one chance mm -hmm. to vent that. So I do empathize with them wanting to say this. And, you know, 2010 Ollie is kicking 2020 Mr. Davis, who just lived for ex-WWE stars turning up on TNA and saying, WWE's crap. <laughs> uh, Alexis Ebden, uh, best Wednesday debut, Mr. Wrestle Talk or Miro? Also, I really want to see Miro Sabian tag team Super Twitch squad. Um, yeah, just let's get into that now. We'll talk about it a bit after the rest of the Miro-related chat. Mr. Wrestle Talk made his debut on last night's Quizzlemania. Only went and won the bloody thing. What a guy! And he'll be yeah. he'll be taking over Chopper Pete's stuff next week. So he'll be doing the AEW and Raw review with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I'm sure he is, he is great on Quizomania. Just a quick one, though, mm. Mr. Davis. You do know that that's Luke, right? Miro? No, 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 no. Mr. WrestleTalk is Luke. I explicitly asked him on the stream because a few of the chats were saying, like, one super chat said that. And he said it wasn't. And then I looked at his Twitter, and in the bio for Mr. WrestleTalk's Twitter, it says, mm -hmm. 100% not Luke. So mm -hmm. I mean I'll 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 trust your judgment on this one, Mr. Davis. But yeah, I'm 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 withholding judgment for now. 
you've got you've got nothing to worry about. Honestly, me, I, I don't know if you saw it last night, but I, even though I lost, I'm still reigning Quizzlemania tag team champion, of course. Even though I lost that one, I was like, I don't even mind because this Mr. Wrestle Talk guy is so nice. He's so funny. He's so affable. He's so smart. He's so handsome. He looks like Repo Man that I didn't mind. What I was what I was more taken away from it was, have I got a new best friend? I, I feel like I've known him forever. I feel like we've gone through loads of stuff already. I just got that instant chemistry. Instant. Bacon Rasher says, Hi lads, what a debut gimmick and promo from Miro. Do you think he looks a bit like Rusev, who left that other company? Wink, wink. More than what people were saying about Mr. WrestleTalk looking like Luke. <laughs> See? Bacon Rasher knows. Hashtag and is JTJ. Yeah. He does look like Rusev. Yeah, shockingly. So. Mm. But that's one so far for a good Miro debut yes. and one against. Let's keep count of these. Uh, Valid Mamadipudi. Who is Rusev? There is only Miro. That aside, this was a great episode to get that new viewer to watch AEW. Very much felt like a reset after a big show. Kind of like, not on the same scale, but like, a, you know, like a night after WrestleMania, night after SummerSlam kind of thing. Here's a couple new characters. Here's some new stories. Off you go. What? No, no. What a, what a night after WrestleMania should be. Because in, in yeah. practice, a night after WrestleMania are the same matches we got at WrestleMania. You know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> For the last few years, yes. That's what wrestling should be, I think. Um, Sawyer, I was hoping Miro would end the promo by super kicking Kip, but hopefully that happens at the wedding, coincidentally on Miro Day, <laughs> because I want him to be a babyface. It very much felt like a babyface debut, and Kip was also there. And, you know, connection with the fans. He was smiling a lot. So it wasn't like, oh, you people or anything like that. So hopefully he is a baby face. And yeah, I, I would I could see him ruining the wedding in a baby face manner. And then he's Miro from there on out. Anthony Pride. I want to see Miro Allen versus Cage Starks match. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, actually, that sounds really, really fun. Like you're getting the, the beef cake off of Miro and Cage. Ooh, ooh, sounds spicy. Love that. Paul Kerr. Remember you didn't rate the Inner Circle originally, Ollie? I trust it. Miro looks in great shape. Woke the kids shouting no effing way at the TV. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, good. he's looked in great shape for quite a while now. Uh, for maybe like a year, he looks in great shape. So yeah. I stand by that though. Like the Inner Circle's debut at the end of the first episode of Dynamite isn't, isn't great. You mm. know, it's, it's Jack Swagger joining a bunch of random people with Jericho. That went on to be something absolutely fantastic and they made it really work. But it wasn't even AEW's own first choice. It was technically their third choice because first of all, they wanted Gallows Anderson and AJ Styles jump in the barricade. Then it just went down to Gallows and Anderson, but they re-signed as well. So they went with Jack Swagger. Yay. Let's who who has been really good. Um, I, yeah. I love the inner circle, but you know, just for for that first episode of a new promotion. Uh, speaking of Chris Jericho, that's how this episode began in just a terrific cold open, and it was. So much of this episode was masterfully produced in a way 
to be that soft reset post pay-per-view show. And this, this was a huge part of it. And it has Chris Jericho and MJF coming up to Tony Schiavone. They both pull up in their cars and they go up to one another and they just talk back and forth about how, you know, they really respect each other. They're both going to go for the AEW world title. Just that they complained about losing to their respective Orange Cassidy and John Moxley. And then they both turn away from each other after respectfully bumping elbows. Really, really like, seem like a genuine interaction they're walking off the camera does a split screen like me and chops are now and they both mutter under their breath what a loser (laughs) it's really good it fits both their characters so perfectly for them to play up other people but secretly call them a loser because they think they're better that's Mm. it's it's perfect it was funny it put over both their characters it was like a bit of a soft reset from all out it was good it was perfect way to open the show I really like MJF versus Jericho does have context as well. There was a bit when Jericho offered MJF a T-shirt to join the inner circle when Cody, when he first turned on Cody, but MJF said no. So I, a feud, a heel versus heel feud, or at least matchup, I never knew I wanted. Well done. The opening match had everyone already in the ring, so no entrances. Lucha Bros versus Jurassic Express. So we're going to start the show at 11. <laughs> this was really fun wasn't it oh boy as, as i mentioned last week when it was young bucks versus jurassic express or sorry uh, uh all out for young bucks jurassic express all four of these guys are so good they're they're brilliant um they're really great sequences uh the only thing that i wasn't a fan of was the penta and phoenix dissension that happened in the match um but the match itself was really really fun um, it just kind of got towards the end. There was a little bit of tension between the two. Jungle Boy reversed Phoenix and threw him at Pentagon, who still hit a destroyer on him. Like mm-hmm. Maybe you could stop, not hit the move on him, but hey-ho. Uh, wrestling logic. The uh, momentum. The momentum yeah, the momentum already the there. Destroyer. You yeah, try you, doing it, Pete. You try yeah, getting in that ring and not hitting a Canadian destroyer <laughs> on someone. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, then uh, Jungle Boy rolls up Phoenix and gets the win. They start arguing between each other after the match. And uh, Eddie Kingston has to come out and try and force them to stop arguing as part of the death pentagon that he's got. Um, which, again, Eddie Kingston, great promo. Uh, and like you mentioned in your review, I really hope this is just putting over how good of a leader Eddie is rather than any sort of long-term dissension between them because they're all really good and they only just got together. So I think they should play out a bit more, have them be a strong unit and have them come together properly now. Totally agree. Eddie's promo was masterful. Like, he's just getting over all of these little points. Huge storyline points that would sound like clunky exposition anywhere else. But he's like, your wife's not with you at the moment. Talking to Blade about Ali, Ali, uh, who's, you know, weirdly doing another storyline where she's involved with QT Marshall. So that was that is a bit weird. Um, but then he's like, packs over in England, so you've got nothing. And then at the end, he just like drops a little mic thing and says, oh, and I was never eliminated at the Casino Battle Royale. So I hope that plays into something. That would be good, yeah. I, I, they seem to be putting a lot of uh, um, responsibility with Eddie Kingston. He seems to be quite like an important figure in on the roster right now. So I'm hoping that, yeah, they, they continue that story on. Uh, after that, we got Jake the Snake and Lance Archer kind of in a pretty decent promo on John Moxley. Uh, really nice setting. It was raining. <laughs> they, yeah. they captured that really 
like it was shot really beautifully. Like if you just looked at the image, you'd be like, I want to see this 80s post-apocalyptic punk movie. Um, and then later on, Moxie got a his own promo in a corridor. Nothing, nothing like crazy notable, but just very, very solid promos from both guys who are heading yep. to a collision on October 15th, I believe it is. Something like that, yeah. Um, should be good. So you'd assume Moxley Archer isn't the full gear title match. Mm. Because full which gear is... is 9th of November. That's right, yeah. Uh, which is interesting. I don't know who they have in mind for the other shot or whether they're going to extend the Archer feud out. Historically speaking from AW, they probably won't. They probably just do the one and done title shots. Um, but I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know who, I, who I'd like to see instead. Pentagon. Uh, Matt Hardy Obviously. then came out and said, you know, I really like this. There wasn't an angle. There wasn't any interruptions. They didn't try to swerve it in the storyline. Matt Hardy came out and said, I was stupid. I, you know, I put my family through something they shouldn't have had to go through. I made all the fans feel really uncomfortable. They didn't say it kind of ruined a lot of the resulting pay-per-view, but that was unsaid. This was Matt Hardy and AEW saying we got it wrong and they didn't they didn't pro wrestling it i really appreciated this i don't know i really believed matt i i you know and Reppy hardy was <laughs> Reppy hardy was shown near the ring with uh baby max what no wolfgang now isn't it mm-hmm. <sighs> i if i'm tony khan i am just avoiding her backstage <laughs> <laughs> shit yeah oh man um but yeah i thought this was a great apology it's a great way they did it and maardi said you know i'm glad that this thing with sammy Guevara is done now i'm sorry that the broken rules match wasn't what i wanted it to be but i'm glad it's done because if we'd have carried it on someone would have got really seriously hurt um which is him basically saying i'm glad we called the match and went straight to the finish mm-hmm. um and at least they you know all the controversy aside from that match i'm glad that they had a finish so they can say that this feud is done so then they don't have to have another match later on to risk someone else getting injured again and things like that. So, yeah, hopefully both can just move on now. Yeah, really, really well done. Also, Matt did say that he's going to go for the AEW, AEW title at one point. I believe he said he's going going to go for a AEW right, title right. at some point. He wants gold at some yeah. point, I believe. Um, then we got Orange Cassidy pretty much squashing Angelico. Uh, I forgot because I don't watch Dark that much. Uh, the Hybrid 2 and Helico Jack Evans. Fantastic tag team. Uh, and, and, Hel- and Helico is an amazing high flyer. I forgot they're on the roster. This is just a credit to their, you know, the depth of talent they have there. But Orange Cassidy pretty much squashed him. And this wasn't the Cassidy of old. He still did a few like, I'm just going to sit down rather than properly reverse a charge into the corner. Um, but no, he was putting in an effort from the get-go. Yeah, it seems like Orange Cassidy now is a wrestler on the roster. He's a guy who can go out and have a very good match, um, which he is a very good wrestler. I'm not going to take that away from him. I feel like this kind of turn in his character, for me anyway, probably should have been done a little bit later down the line. It's been less than a year since he's been in AEW, really. So maybe... I, maybe it was a bit quick. I, I feel like they could have got more out of the I'm half-hearted gimmick before now he's kind of a wrestler. I feel like it'd be weird to go back to him being the half, half-assed half kind of guy now, but 
he's still a great wrestler, so he should be putting on some great matches. I think you can storyline him going back to not caring. I think a crisis of confidence, a few losses. Plus, his previous act doesn't really work when there aren't that many fans around. So I think it's mm, a wise decision true. to do that. I don't feel like it's too early personally. Plus, just it's very rare you see this sustained in wrestling, although you see it a lot in AEW, actually. And that is proper character development. Orange Cassidy had a feud with someone, a two, three month feud, and he has come out of that a changed wrestler. He wrestles in a different style. He puts in more effort. He's a new character. He has progressed. So I, I, I applaud that wholeheartedly. I thought that was that was great. Uh, Santana and Ortiz attacked him afterwards. Best friends ran down to stop that, and they're getting a street fight next week, which will be insane. Yeah, no doubt. I'm I'm quite excited for that one. I think it's going to be really good, and hopefully this will be a blow off to their mini feud that they've been having around Trent's mum, and then they can again both move on to bigger and better things because both of the teams are really good. Bigger and better things like. An interview with Louis Dangor on Wrestle 2. Santana and Ortiz are going to be talking to Louis in two weeks' time. Well, it's actually later today, I think, that they're having the interview. But we'll, we'll put it up uh, soon. So go over to Wrestle 2 and subscribe to know when that goes live. Should be a really good chat because apparently Ortiz likes us. Ortiz <laughs> watches us. Uh, after that, we got Alex Marvez knocking on the Young Bucks door backstage to get an explanation of what's happening with the Elite. Are they broken up? What's going on with Kenny Omega, Hangman Page? The Bucks open the door and super kick him. I, when that happened, I, I, I was like, oh my God, that's a big deal. A non-wrestling talent has been assaulted. If, if that's a referee, if that was Tony Schiavone, if that was Excalibur, huge deal. You know, they'll, they'll play that up for segments. They'll Fines will be had. Loads of referees will be separating. The, the babyface roster will come to Marvez's aid. Instead of that, it just cuts to the commentary team and they go, wow, Bucks aren't happy, are they? <laughs> That's the one thing I really don't like about this Elite story is that it feels like all the really big moments from it, the commentary don't care about which is still amazingly done, amazingly shot, amazingly framed. The performances are fantastic. It just feels like the comments were just like, wow. It's like at, at All Out, the moment when uh, Paige drops down to the floor and Omega doesn't catch him and steps backwards from him. That's a huge moment. That's the moment where Omega like turned on him. The commentary were like, man, I, I, I think he, he almost didn't catch him there. It's like, come on, guys, mm. put it over a bit more. But... That said, love this, because the Bucks didn't say a word. Super kicked him, and then just looked quite angry, and then slammed the door. I'm very curious to see where that's going. Um, I'm excited for this, because it's still going. It was uh, later confirmed that they're going to be fined $5,000 each. And no yep. one really cared about that either. I just I just thought it's, it's that's, that's a big angle to potentially give a lot of heat uh, to yes. people. And they, it, they, we, we got the announcement that they're going to be fined $5,000 during the women's match, of course. Because um, when else would you do it? Yeah. yeah. You want to wait till nothing's going on, don't you? <laughs> yeah. um, the, that, then we got the Kip Sabian Miro reveal, uh, a great backstage interview that had happened earlier, a pre-tape with Tony Schiavone and Hangman Page. 
Hangman Page just looks dejected. He's blaming himself for all of this. Just an incredibly well-portrayed character and his plight when, you know, he's just he's just so self-destructive. And now he's properly self-destructed in that he's driven away all his friends, be it whether that's his fault or not. The only thing he's got left to destruct now is himself. So he's going to start blaming himself. Oh, yeah. beautiful. It, it, I've, I didn't think that Adam Page was an amazing primer. I thought that his character work, his facial expressions and the way he, he moved around the ring and stuff and told a story through physicality was amazing. I didn't think his promo was amazing until this week. And I was like, my God, that's an amazing promo. Like just, it felt so natural, his performance and him just saying like, look, I know we're all flesh and blood and all that stuff deep down, but the way I see it, I'm just full poison. I was like, Oh my God. Poison line. That poison line was incredible. Yeah, so, so good. Yeah. And he just said it so naturally because that sounds, when I say it, it sounds really corny. It sounds like a WWE scripted promo, mm. but it just came out so naturally. And him saying that he wants to reconcile with Kenny, he's like, it's all my fault, but you know, I'm just holding out hope that you know me and Kenny can get back together. I'm just like, oh, I just want to cuddle you. Like, oh, <laughs> such a great promo. It was brilliant. Uh, after that, we got Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss taking on Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. This is after the Jericho Janela match that happened previously. Just just another expert way of how AEW a soft resetting everything right now, but still tying up loose ends from the previous week. Just really well done. Um, and it was a no DQ match. Got chairs, got tables, fire extinguishers, fun stuff. Sonny Kiss is really good when he's booked in the right spots. Uh, Jericho and Hager win. And they cut a promo saying they're attacked, like they're uh, they're going to go for the tag division. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're losing uh, Hangman and Page, replacing it with Jericho and Hager is a good idea. I I feel conflicted because I think putting in Jericho and Hager is a great idea. It keeps Jericho important, keeps him going for some titles without feeling a bit like stale because he's had a long feud with Orange Cassidy now that, as they kept putting over, was 14 weeks of them going back and forth. So it feels like he should do something related to the a title now, at least, which makes a lot of sense. But I do wish, though, now that they've gotten rid of Omega and Page as a tag team, it feels like from the amount of people that they've got in their tag division, maybe bringing up someone else like a Jurassic Express, Butcher and Blade, like uh, Best Friends, P&P, like so many tag teams that could potentially get a bigger spotlight. But now I feel like that spotlight's going to go to Jericho and Hager instead, which I, I don't I feel so conflicted about it because it's a good idea. But also there's other teams that should also have that spotlight at the same time. I don't know. It, I feel conflicted about it. But as you mentioned before, just real quick, Sunny Kiss is amazing. I thought they were so good in this match. My, I, I agree. I think it's a good idea. Really nice switch up of, you're not in the singles division at the moment. So it makes tag, it makes tag team wrestling feel important. But it's just, it's now created a landscape where everyone's a heel. I call it NXT. And you've got FTR, Young Bucks, Jericho and Hager now. Um, it, all those top teams, Santana and Ortiz. Like Butcher I feel all the Butcher and Blade, all the all the top contenders are bad guys. Dark Order. So mm. I just I, I don't know how that dynamic's going to play, but hey, AEW usually do this stuff right, so I'm sure 
I'm sure they've got an. I'm sure they're aware of that, and yeah. they'll juggle some bits around. Uh, MJF fired his campaign team because they lost. He he went ballistic at the lady he always tells to smile. You know, what a cruel end to that by saying you you know you stop smiling, your teeth are all rotten and coffee stained. And then Wardlow sort of stood up to him because MJF blamed him for his loss, and MJF was like. You're on my side. Let's refocus on making me win more. But yeah, we get these glimpses of Wardlow dissension occasionally, and this this was the biggest one yet. Yeah, I I thought this was another brilliant promo from MGF. I mean, it's not a hot take to say that MGF's an amazing promo, um, but just his the way he portrayed himself it really felt like like a movie boss in that he always felt in control. And even when Wardlow was standing up to him, kind of getting in his face, and he's obviously much taller than MJF, MJF was just like laughing and just being like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mm. realize that, you, that we weren't on the same page here. Do we have a problem? Like he's always like maintaining that he's in control the whole time. It was such a good way to portray his character. And just him, him just saying like, oh yeah, I, from what I remember, sorry, I'm just going to refresh your memory here. Tony Khan doesn't sign your checks. I do. So I'm going to ask once again, are we, do, we on the, do we have a problem? And he was like, no. I was like, oh, you're so good, MJF. Oh, love it. Yeah, it was He's great. great. Uh, we got the Moxie promo that I talked about earlier. Nothing to really note there. We got the FTR title ceremony. You know, yay, we're the tag team champions now. Uh, Tully Blanchard, Blanchard started to cut a really good promo and then FTR took that mantle and sort of started putting over the rest of the mid to undercard tag teams that were surrounding the ring to see their champions be properly honored. And that, you know, they put them over SCU, for instance, I used to love watching you when I was, when I was 15, you know, if imagine if we could have gone at it in a, in your prime, you know, little, little negs like that. But ultimately I, I found this a little bit goofy for a tag division that's been so seriously presented this was the this was in danger of veering the wrong side of sports entertainment for me Jurassic Express eventually get in uh, sort of have a, a a scuffle and tip a bucket of ice water over FTR and then all the baby faces eat cake in the ring yeah hmm. yeah kind of i i i agree with that i was like this promo is really good FTR are presented as we're really good wrestlers. That's what we do. We like wrestling. And then they come out and they get ice water thrown over them by the goofy tag team. And I'm like, but even the goofy tag team haven't been presented as goofy because their wrestling is really legit. Like they're really good wrestlers. That's their thing. But this just didn't, the tone didn't feel right. And I feel like that might sound like a nitpick because we could get a very important and really good feud out of this from FTR and Jurassic Express. But that the way you set off a feud, the tone needs to be right. And this didn't feel right. It felt a little bit off. So mm. I'm excited for the feud. I think we're going to get some great <clears throat> matches out of it, but it just feels like there was something a little bit off about it. Yeah. Uh, then we got Dar Ricky Starks came out to do an emo parody of Darby Allen. Very, very funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they'll have a feud when Allen's back from his injury although i thought he wasn't injured so maybe that's just the kayfabe thing tainara conti is officially signed to aew mm -hmm. her first outing was essentially to get squashed by nyla rose yep i mean 
The good thing about uh, Ty Conti is that she's 25, so she's got hella time uh, to hopefully be better. When did Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero get together as an act? Elvis was about a month and a half ago, but the, you know, it's yeah. one of those things that's just been... They haven't done anything since. That that, that, that was going to be my next point, mm. is that they joined together a month and a half ago and they haven't been seen since. This is a, the first televised outing of Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose, which is just... I don't, I don't get it. Why'd you put them together if you're not going to be on TV? Um, yeah. And, I mean, they, it was a fun match. Nyla Rose is still really good. Ty Conti is a great seller. It was a fu- fine match. It was good. Uh, but it was during this that we got, like, breaking news. Cody's got an announcement at the end of the show. Oh, and also the Young Bucks have been five, fined $5,000. And it's like, why are you talking about that? They're literally hmm. gearing up to their finish. They're doing their finishing spots now. Why are you talking about other things? Talk about the match. I don't know. Again, yeah. sounds like a nitpick, but it's actually really important for how you portray your women's division. Well, it just it sends the message that they're not important. Exactly. Uh, which is such a shame. I've seen a few people just say there that Tainara Conti wasn't squashed. I guess, yeah, she wasn't like ran over to the extent of a normal squash match. But I said Angelico essentially got squashed by Orange Cassidy earlier. I, I would say the same offense balance was in place here. Uh, and I just, yeah, why would you sign someone to to have them beat beaten so quickly to Nyla Rose? I, 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 and what was what was going on with Conti and the Dark Order? Why didn't they help? Can't tell I just you. look. Sheeda then runs out to save Conti from a further beatdown, and you know, there's the hint of a feud there that might mean something. They had a great match back at Double or Nothing. And Thunder Rosa is going to return as well. These are all good signs. But I've seen loads of good signs from AEW. You'll forgive me if I'm not going to start getting excited for a renewed push of the women's division because I've been here so many times before and they haven't walked the walk for a, from, from the inception of this company, unfortunately. So hopefully, yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, we got the Kenny Omega interview, which was the flip side of the Hangman Page one. And he sat down with JR and didn't cut. I thought he was going to cut like a full on cartoonish, hyper stylized, cleaner promo going off the back of the finish of All Out. But no, he sat there and was quite realistic, down to earth, said how he's focused on the tag division, given a year of his career to the tag division. Now he wants to focus on singles stuff. Yeah. And again, really interesting. And this felt very much like the Hangman promo, felt very normal. Like it was he was just talking, just kind of getting out his thoughts. And it's it's such a nice parallel to ha- to hear Hangman just say, Man, I really blame myself. Really hope I can get back with Kenny, you know, holding out hope that we can be his tag team. And then Kenny just goes, I've done way too much for the tag division. I'm going to go and single stuff. It's just like, mm. oh, it makes you feel for Hangman so much more because he knows <laughs> he's done wrong and he's just trying to make amends. But Kenny's just having none of it, which I'm. Um, but he doesn't feel like, even though he's more of a heelish character, he didn't feel like a heel here. It wasn't him just being a dick for no reason. It was him just saying, look, I've put over a year into the tag division and this is what I've got now that I'm I'm going back to single stuff. I'm sorry I put too much into it. I'm done. And it mm. felt very genuine and legit. You can see his point of view. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about 
the next stage in that story. So I'm just going to bring up Cameron Christie's comment here. It's said in Tainara Conti's title card that she was lulling over her decision to join the Dark Order. I see. Um, which is all well and good. But the end of the last episode, she was hugging Anna Jay, ecstatic that she was given a contract. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's crazy for me to I say that know, looks like she signed with them. Um, yeah. And the main event was Dustin versus Mr. Brody Lee, which mm. was a, a bloody good match. Yeah. Surprisingly good, right? I mean, I mean, well, not surprisingly, no. but yeah, it still shocks me that Dustin is so good. That that was the shocking bit was the offense that Dustin was putting in, destroyers, sentons, hurricane runners, stuff like that. He's really good. Um, and yeah, it was a really good match. Again, this feels like a nitpick. I feel like Dustin got in too much offense uh, mm. on Brody from how much that Brody dominated Cody. And Cody, who is put over pretty much a lot stronger than Dustin, it feels like there was a lot of stuff where Dustin was hitting a lot of offense with almost no resistance from Brody. Like he was hitting a lot of moves back to back to back to back to back. And like Brody, like he was able to hit a crossroads quite comfortably onto Brody. And I feel like it would have worked better. Dustin could still have the same amount of offense, but it could have been interjected with more Brody comebacks in there to make him feel stronger. It felt like he was a bit, it felt like Dustin got more offense than Brody, um, which isn't, I don't think the dynamic there was quite right for me personally. It was still a very fun match, but. Yeah, really fun match, but overall in the story they're telling. Mm, yes. It kind of takes a bit of the steam out of the Cody stuff. Because mm. the way Brody steamrolled through Cody, you kind of want to just have very similar to the Lance Archer story. Uh, when Lance steamed through Dustin in the TNT title tournament to get to the finals with Cody. You know, that that's a, that's an engaging underdog story. But seeing Dustin like get the upper hand so much unassisted i think it's not it's not a big it's not a big big deal it's just it's no. nitpicking i think there's a better story there because john silver gets up at one point to interfere doesn't work out for him but that that could be having the dark order interfering on brody's behalf but that backfiring on brody that would be a better way to further all the stories they're trying to tell and to give Dustin some offense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It it just felt like the balance was a little bit off. But like I said, great match still. Very mm. entertaining. Brody still won, which is obviously the right choice. And he bullied Colt Cabana after the bell. After yeah. Colt came down and was trying to celebrate with him. You know, he was leading the charge, come out applauding him and stuff. He gets in the ring and Brody immediately just shoves him aside to be like, no. Yes, he's still annoyed about what happened at All Out. And again, Eva Luno's the one who kind of walks Colt away and be like, it's okay, it's okay, don't worry. Um, yeah, really fun stuff. Just that way to break someone down, to build them back up again in your own brainwashed cultish image. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. And also, you know, the, the, the big announcement, Pete, that they've been teasing for about half an hour by this point was made. Cody is going to be the host or a co-host or whatever of the Go Big Show. I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't care. Like it, To have stuff that's been announced, like I mentioned earlier, during your women's match and to hype it up constantly through the show, it's going to be a big deal for your show that you're portraying. And it wasn't. 
it was just them saying that Cody's now going to be more mainstream, which massive props to Cody. He's doing really well for himself and being able to get on like a proper mainstream TNT show. That's amazing for him. It's great promotion for AEW. That's great. I have no issue with him doing the show that he's going to do. I have every issue with that being the main event announcement of the show. That doesn't make sense to me. Promote the show that you're doing, not other stuff. We we criticize WWE all the time for this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And AEW did it. I I have to think that it's not, like if it was up to them, they wouldn't have done this. But yeah. sometimes you've got a bigger master to serve than your own audience enjoying the wrestling. <laughs> and that yeah. is the network that pays you all the money and extends your deals. Yes. So I I didn't like it cynically. I can see why they made the trade off, but yeah, it, it, it was annoying and they can't be very wary of shilling. Believe me, I have fallen the wrong side of shilling too much. Mm, You remember the community posts, people. Oh yeah, that we do. I mean, I, I would have no issue if they had exactly the same announcement anywhere else in the show Mm. just not not the closing angle like it just doesn't make sense to me to put it there but yeah just have a little mini interview with cody maybe saying like i'm really excited about this Uh, i'm still heating up to be honest i've got to take work like this because i don't know i don't know how you can work it maybe they wouldn't want to do that anyway that was the whole show uh overall I i thought it was really really good it's so nice to see them what what I like about this show is it makes me so optimistic about the future direction. I'm excited. So I gave it yeah. four out of five. Yeah, um, I probably agree with that. I, I feel like a lot, a lot of the segments on this show, the promos I thought were really good, especially the elite stuff, the MGF Mox promos were all really, really good. Um, a lot of the matches, they were really fun to watch. They just have one little gripe that I'd have with each match that would be like, oh, I didn't quite like this finish, or I didn't like, oh, I thought Dustin got a bit too much offense. But overall, it was really fun to watch, and it was a great soft reset from All Out. You can't really say, can't complain too much on top of that. So yeah, four out of five for me as well. Get on with all your super chats. Nate drops surname. He is Miro. Very excited to have him in AEW, the next TNT champion. How great would him versus Brody be? Chopper, how happy are you to see Smooth Adam? Ooh, I talk about me and Smooth Adam on the podcast version of this. Short answer, very happy. Um, yeah, uh, Miro versus Brody would be great. I'd be well into that. And Andre Banks. I'm happy Miro is in AEW, but not excited about him in AEW yet. That's a very good way of describing it. The best mm. man stuff could have worked for me if it was built up a couple of weeks. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Davis. Kenny had these weird thousand yard stares before and kind of during his interview. I'm convinced something darker is still there. I definitely agree. Yeah. A yeah. heel turn is on the horizon in full fledged cleaner mode. Like if okay. this is him teasing, if this is him in subtle heel mode, think about the full version. Yeah. Uh, Gorilla Press, Dustin continues to give us great in-ring work. I've never doubted Dustin. Since his debut as Goldust, he's been amongst the top of my big man technical wrestling list. For sure, yeah. And you, it's easy to forget how bloody big he is. He's massive. Mm. Yeah, 
same size, really, same height as Brody. Uh, Charlie Davis again. I love the show. I love the slow burn Kenny and Hangman story even more after last night. Heartbreaking that Adam thinks he and Kenny can get back together, but Kenny is done. It's a very real breakup dynamic. Absolutely. Yeah. So good. Uh, Rich McCann, a great sign of a roster is one one you see Jungle Boy and you say, man, he's my favorite. Then you see Jericho. Nope, he is. Then Brody. No, I love him. (laughs) So much character depth there. Rich McCann again, with the Bucks being heel, who are the top card faces? Mox Page? I don't know who else. Jurassic Express? Orange yeah, Cassidy? Boy. Orange Cassidy is a big, you know, he's pushed as the Darby selling Allen. name. Darby Allen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, El Mentendo. Is Jericho aware that Santana on Ortiz are in the tag team ratings? <laughs> are the inner circle breaking up eventually? Also, I'm so happy for Miro. Jam that jam. I am as well, yes. Well, I'll, maybe we'll get a Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho and Hagen match at some point. It's such a shame because I love Santana and Ortiz. Their, their work as LAX was phenomenal. Um, and this to me signals that they're not going to get back in that mix. Yeah. Uh, Black Adam, finally a Canadian destroyer, ended a match. I screamed. <laughs> also, Dustin needs to stop using them. He just does um as a transition move after a jab. Stop. Um, I brought this up before. It's just a move. At this point, it's just a move, which I don't like. But people used to say the same about the DDT. The I know, I know. I'm holds. just being. I'm being an old man. I'm aware of that, but I will take pride in being an old man. Corporate cornet over there, Christopher yeah. Gazcat. Forget Vince for a sec. Mister Brody's character makes total sense without viewing it through that lens. That's the litmus test for such angles for me. I totally agree. If it was just a Vince parody, wouldn't work. But Brody's created a three-dimensional, living, breathing person there, uh, separate to Vince. So yeah, definitely. Sawyer, Kenny versus Moxley at full gear. Exactly one year after Omega Moxley won. Fuel for a title change story. Genuinely, after we spoke about earlier, just saying like, oh, I don't know who who he's going to face if he's not facing Archer at full gear. I saw that super chat come in and I was like, God, that's a good idea. I really want Kenny mm. to turn full cleaner heel. First proper match afterwards is against Moxley for the AEW title and he wins. I think that would be amazing. So much history there as well. Exactly. Double yeah. or nothing debut. And mm-hmm. uh, Nate drops surname. They can tell the story of unlike Kenny Page, Jericho Hager can't hang in the tag division, but over other teams in a circle breakup begins. I think I like all of that by the last sentence. I think mm. having the story of Jericho Hager not hanging in the tag division is a great story to tell. I think that's really good. You don't have to have the inner circle breaking up from it, but that story in and of itself is really good. Or maybe Jericho needs Sammy. Yeah. That's always seemed to me to be the the more father son team there, mm-hmm. the closest yeah. two of the inner circle, apart from Santana and Ortiz, of course. Gorilla Press, Tainara Conte surprisingly got some good offense in, a decent first outing. He has risen today is the day. Speaking of this this gimmick that keeps, I don't know what's going on. Not Gorilla right. Press not, again, not a clue. Dynamite was better than All Out. Soft reset. Great soft reset, Tony. He's such a natural at delivering fantastic content. Yeah, it was a very good show. I preferred All Out more. I thought All Out was really good, beside the Matt Hardy stuff. Jose Vasquez. Hey, guys, do you, who do you think is going to be in the first triple threat for the AEW title or should be? That's a hard question. I'd... Hmm. 
I'd love it if <laughs> this is total fantasy booking now off the top of my head. If we did get to a point where it was Kenny uh, and Moxley, and then you had Kenny and Hangman and Mox in a triple threat, I think that'd be really fun. See, I, off of this episode, Moxley, Jericho, and MJF. Mm, yeah, that would also be very good. The Zornis. AEW commentary always talks a lot during matches. Not everybody should win their first match. Boring. Tainara showed guts and craft. I like the show. I'm glad you you got something out of the debut Zornis. Unfortunately, I just thought it seemed like it's someone who got beaten. She just got signed. Yeah. I didn't see anything in it, unfortunately. Sawyer, you understate how commentary sold the Buck superkick. They were clearly shocked and confused, and Excalibur talked up how he's seen them go to this dark place before and what a dark omen that could be. Yeah, they did say that. They didn't sound very shocked, though. That was that. I, I think they were just like, whoa, they're, they're going to that dark place. All right, here's the next match. And it was yeah. like they should have played it up more being like whoa what's going on here like you know where's the concern for marvez yeah it, it, it was them anyone worried about him if they'd have done that to another wrestler i can understand that reaction of them just being like oh man that seems a bit harsh you know butts mm. going to that dark place but they just super kicked a random dude like play it up man i don't know Black Adam, I'm with Chopper. A goddamn flipping power pile driver should be a finish. Even P.T. Williams apologised for making it because it's so common now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good move. I love the move. Great Just move. stop using it as a random move that's a transitional thing. Oh, a hot okay. tag to you. Yeah, there's some AEW-related Super Chats now. Nothing worse than dry chicken, says uh, AEW, brilliant. Not at, the, uh, not at the constant jibes about WWE. Uh, we watch AEW to switch into something different, so I don't need to be reminded about another show. Yeah, I agree. It's It's gone on a bit stale by this point, yeah. Totally, especially when we've seen other people show up and do the same thing on Impact as well. It just feels like a lot of the people doing the same thing similarly right now. But I think the Shoot podcast has killed this kind of promo. Mm, you're not wrong. It will, never, it will never be as good as a yeah. three-hour sit-down of all the stuff. Yeah, I blame uh, Moxley for that. Then mm. <laughs> it's all his, it's all his fault. Him and him and Punk ruined it. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat says uh, New Japan is better than AEW, which you'd know if you actually covered it. Ooh, oh, the shade. Oh. But Hangman Kenny, the Bucks, FDR is still the best story in wrestling. Well, you're in for a treat, Jazz Cat, because uh, the plan is to do some live streaming on Wrestle 2 of the G1 Climax Tournament. I think just exclusively Block A, because that yeah. is insane. It's genuinely absurd how much talent is in Block A. It's crazy. Uh, Wrestle Talk related Super Chats now. Gorilla Press again says, as for you, Oliver, today you will be addressed by B is himself. Don't be afraid. Be intrigued. He is risen. Still, Still very confused. Don't no idea. Joshua Law, uh, Mr. Wrestle Talk is awesome. Can I get a yes, please? I, I don't see why not. Yes, please, Mr. Wrestle Talk. Seems like a great guy. Okay. Uh, Michael Dominguez says if Chopper's storyline is only a three week push, I'm LMAO. What's a storyline? I, mean, I don't know what you mean about storyline there. And I haven't got a three week push because I'm Mr. Davis's best friend. So, uh, words from Will says, uh, doesn't Vacant own the Quizzlemania tag title since you fired Luke? Also, hashtag I want the sexy jacket back. Uh, this jacket's personally per perfectly fine. And no, 
yeah, Luke's fired, which means I am the Quizzlemania Tag Team Champions. That's exactly how that works. Uh, Dale D said, Mr. Davis, you might want to give Mr. WrestleTalk a firing proof contract so no one can legally fire him. You mm. never know when someone like SRS might hack your system and get your new BFF fired. Wait, new BFF? Yes. Uh, well, I think so. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we, I just, at the end of the stream, before I left, I just, we were just talking. I said, oh, are we best friends? I feel like we're best friends right now. And and he said, I, I don't see why not. So <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess I am best friends with him. Neil A said, will Luke be showing up on WrestleTalk Underground? No, he's Good. fired. Mark Egan said, Mr. WrestleTalk clarified to us yesterday that he's not Luke Owen. There's nothing mm. to worry about, Chopper. Looking forward to his WrestleTalk debut. Yeah, so that'll be Raw, next week's Raw podcast. Mr. WrestleTalk and Mr. Davis, best mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. The Age of Me said, I'm glad WrestleTalk has gone professional. Me too. Yeah, Looks smarter, doesn't it? Looks smarter, authority. especially authority. when you can't see the shorts. Jogging All shorts life. I'm wearing. Yeah, same. Uh, Gorilla Press again said the depths have opened. Hashtag press that press. Still have no idea what's going on, man. Uh, and one last minute super chat said uh, from KJ Trademark said, what's up? Love your content. Keep it up. Fire emoji, 100 emoji, fire emoji. Because that's how we live our lives. We are, me and Pete, the fire emojis and the keeping it 100 emojis. Funnily enough, I've actually got a few emails here because from the last podcast we did on Monday, speaking about Podswafters and whether mm. they actually know about anything that's happening on YouTube and the Oli Authority, etc. Uh, I've got an email here from Brad who says, following up on Corporate Chopper's request to hear from Podswafters, I primarily listen to the podcast and once in a while we'll watch an episode of the news on YouTube. I'll say the question about if the podcast and channel are the same continuity, I'd say yes. However, since we can't all be an Omni Ollie, the requirement to watch parts fun known in addition to WrestleTalk is more akin to being required to watch Up Up Down Down to understand what's going on with SmackDown. Long live the Ollie Authority and the Omni Ollie. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of YouTube actually being split up into a few different parts. While I would argue that we do a good job recapping that stuff on the WrestleTalk news. You know, yeah. we're never like we're never like old oh, dynamite is bad because it's showing recaps of dark. We're saying dynamite is missing a trick by not showing anything ever from dark. Yeah. Like on, on this week's episode, they just had a little graphic just being like, here are the people that won on dark. It's like, well, maybe show us that. Like mm. maybe show us a few clip or two of important people. I don't know. Um, we got another one from Lewis here. Uh, who says, I only listen to your podcast as I'm doing other things. Don't have much time to watch the YouTube stuff. I'm sorry. So I have no idea what's going on between Ollie and Luke, unfortunately. Great show and content, though, guys. Keep up the good work. I'll sum it up for you, Lewis. He's dead to me. He's an asshole. And I've already mm. replaced him with Mr. WrestleTalk, so... <laughs> what yeah. A find. What a find. Yep. Uh, and we've got one final one here from uh, Dave. Uh, who is saying essentially we, we've had a very common uh, comment since we've debuted the Oli Authority. Mm. A lot of people are saying, shouldn't it be the oligarchy? Because that's an actual word. Mm. And Dave has has emailed in to say, uh, oligarch pronounced oligarch. 
Russian oligarchs are business oligarchs of the former Soviet republics who rapidly accumulated wealth during the era of the Russian privatization. Join the oligarch order, Oli Uno, formerly Dave. I too can read Wikipedia. I yeah. was aware of what an, olig an oligarchy is because mm. uh, you have you, you read it in the news all the time. Russian oligarchs buying up lots of London real estate. Uh, but yes, I, I, oligarchy. It just it rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I much prefer the all authority mm. plus you know it's like the authority but with ollie in it so it's better maybe maybe yeah i i, I prefer the clunkiness i agree oligarchy mm. is by far the superior pun because it works seamlessly uh but i don't like pretty things that work well i like stuff that sellotape together and in danger of falling apart yeah, that's why you like Mr. Russell Talk so much, right? Hey. He's like, you know, sellotape to, together. Don't throw shade at that guy. I barely know him. I'm just, I'm just saying, um, you know, again, I'll need to speak to you at some point about that. I won't, I won't rule out maybe, I don't know, three years down the line, we do a, a like a, a month long special of what would happen if our, our rocket ships crash landed in the Soviet Union and if we were all brought up as Soviets. And then we can do the oligarchy version of this. <laughs> that feels very specific. I feel like you've already thought about that before. Well, it's, it's Mark Miller's red sun <laughs> when uh, Superman's rocket crash lands in Soviet-era Russia. It's awesome. It's a great story. <laughs> And that would apply to Wrestle Talk. How exactly? I just like to talk about the things I like sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, speaking of talking about things that we like, uh, oh God, my brain, Jesus Christ! I was I was going to say something really profound then, mm. and then my brain just went, "Nah, you're just going to forget everything you were going to say." God. Um, yeah. How how and, was? Uh... Uh, that was a bit Sorry, uh, tenacious D tribute style. Oh, it was. Could have been the greatest song in the world. <laughs> but it wasn't, was it? Um, how was how was Quizomania's day? Aside from Mr. Wrestle Talk, because obviously I haven't watched it. Um, what what else happened? So obviously Adam shaved his head. We should probably promote the, the Quizomania podcast if you are mm. like Lewis and you can't, you know, watch. You find video content a bit trickier to watch if you're out and about and you're on runs and stuff and you you just want that audio in your ears, then go and download the Quizzlemania podcast because that is a long show. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it was, I came last. Did you, did you hear how many points I got? No. I got around 36. Oof. It's not, it's not a big number. I have nearly come third with 36 before when Denise mm. Salcedo pipped me at the last minute to get like mm. 37. So another week, very respectable score. Not this week because I had 36 in fourth place. Chris Van Vliet had like 82 <laughs> in third place. And then there was like, oh, it was no. like 85 for Sean Ross Sapp. And then it was 90 for Mr. Wrestle Talk. What a win on his debut. But yeah. yeah debut yeah mm. Mm. yeah and obviously smooth adam happened which... smooth adam how do you feel about that oh so great oh just so good like he came on the morning call this morning 
shame in his eyes and i reveled in it it was the <laughs> greatest uh nothing against adam lovely guy uh but he was the one that kind of manipulated me into putting my eyebrows on the line so ha screw you adam did did he that did you in advance agree that your eyebrows were on the line or was that something he he pounced on you in the punishment he he uh, we agreed beforehand to put the eyebrows on the line but it was a case of him messaging me and being like you should put your eyebrows up and i was like no and he goes have you considered though putting your eyebrows up and i said <laughs> no and then he said hmm interesting however have you considered putting your eyebrows up and i knew he wasn't going to drop it until i said yes so i said yes <laughs> this is a hr complaint send it to the authority <laughs> i would have put a stop to this <laughs> it, it, it is weird though how you had less hair to lose overall you know adam got rid of hair on his head hair on his beard and his eyebrows mm. you just had two of those to worry about that's true yeah. Your transition was so much more stark and dramatic. Yeah, I think it's probably because I have relatively thick-ish eyebrows and I have mm. a pretty hefty beard. So it's like a much more drastic change than obviously Adam's hair. That's a big change going from lots of hair to none at all on the top of his head. But his beard and his eyebrows, not to you know play it down or anything, just not quite as impressive as mine, are they? So, Nothing to write home about those eyebrows. Yeah. I say it all yeah. the time. I say, yeah, sure, he's a great voiceover guy, but pff, there's a reason for it. There's a reason <laughs> he's not on camera. So his eyebrows are a joke. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to message him after this. <laughs> Just tell him. Um, do you think he'll get the bleach blonde locks back? Uh, Chance to renew himself. It's... It's, it's going to be difficult because obviously he, he had problems dyeing it in the first place because lockdown and such. Um, so at what point does he have to dye it? Like at what length mm. does he go to dye it again? Because he can't do it, you know, immediately. I don't know. Well, we, you know, we saw Rusev, now Miro, on this show mm. that we've just reviewed. That's a short bleach blonde look. You know what? You're Don't not wrong. Stan. Yeah. Don't stand though. Stan's Don't a stand. bad person. Don't Stan. That's what are you I talking about? He just I hate the term Stan. I hate the term Stan. When people always like, oh, stand this thing. It's like, do you know where this term comes from? Have you listened to the song? No one wants to be Stan. He dies. Come on, guys. Sort it out. So that's that's the bad thing that he dies. Not that he also kills his pregnant wife. Well, you know what I mean. Like, you don't want to be Stan. No one likes Stan. That's why Shawn Michaels super kicked him. I I once at school, you know, buying a CD when that came out was a big deal. Mm. Uh, it was a, I bought Stan on CD, and it was the first single I bought. It was a relatively new thing where you could put it in your computer, and it would play a video file. So it had Ooh. the music video on the single CD, and wow. that was such a big thing. Four of my friends came round to my house to watch it mm. all at the same time we had a little viewing party that's like, amazing god that's the most amazing thing i've ever seen tell you what though brilliant music video stan oh mm. great video mate and a great song in general brilliant song love eminem love a bit of old eminem as well he's great oh, you don't like stan do you no i don't like the person stan and i hate people that call themselves stans willingly they're just like oh yeah i stand this thing it's like why would you willingly want to be a stan 
Come it's on, postmodern. Guys. It's been robbed of all its initial dark meaning. It's like Grimm's fairy tales. I, it angers me, hmm. Mr. Davis. It angers me. Anyway, that's probably all the time we've got this ooh, episode. Ooh, can I, can I read an email? Can I read an email? Sure, yeah, you, if I'm, you've got one. Mr. Davis is getting a lot of fan mail. Okay. And it's only right that I read out a few of them. Okay. Because they... Let me open them up. So, from Michael Plowman. Just a lovely email about support and what an asshole Luke Owen was for giving third place to someone who hadn't earned it. Um, mm-hmm. Also said, I'm extremely happy that Chopper Pete, nay, the big chop, saw the light and sided with the true winner. Maybe the big chop always knew it, and that's why he didn't uh, take those false points. He was guided by your shining light, Mr. Davis. I can't wait until there's a proper merch in the shop showing my support for the old authority so we may bask in your... And then, so he tries to do a pun on glory with mm. Ollie in. Glolly? So he's put G Ollie and then just given up and written the word glory afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) But still, valiant effort. And then, to play us out, he's written me a poem that I think, I think, fits with a popular Queen track. So I'm going to sing it. You paid your dues time after time. Yep. You served your sentence, but committed no crime. And bad mistakes, you've made a few. Debatable. You've had your share of sand kicked in your face, but you've come through. As you go on and on and on. You are the champion, Mr. Davis. Mm, 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 mm. And you'll keep on fighting to keep it. Bum, bum, bum. You are the champion. You are the champion. No time for lukewarm, because you are the champion. Wrestle talk. That was beautiful. The lyrics, the singing was all perfect. Thank you, Michael Plowman. I think it's going to be better when you sing it to me eventually, because a lot of it is like spoke. It's second person, so it's speaking to someone. I for me, it should be I am the champion if I'm yes. singing it. No, for right, next yeah. time, you know, jump yeah, in, yeah, yeah. jump in next yeah. time, mate. Okay, I'll I'll bear that in mind. Cheers. Uh, but that's all the time we've got for this episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, stay tuned for more content because yes, Mister Wrestle Talk is going to be joining Mister Davis as of next week for Raw and AEW. I'm thrilled about it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Jam that jam. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.